last Sunday, in our celebration of the baptism of Jesus, I talked about Jesus being revealed in that event, that the light of God shone forth in that event, that the intention of God in sending Jesus to walk among us shone forth. The story continues in today's gospel lesson with Jesus reaching out to others. As it turns out, Jesus is no lone ranger in his mission. He invites others to join him in the healing of God's creation. The first lesson is also about being called to join in God's work those that is the focus of these lessons. But as I studied them, I realized that the context within within which these various events took place is really the emphasis of this morning's readings. So I'm going to spend a little time talking about that context. But first, the story about Samuel. Samuel's parents were among those couples in ancient Israel who wished to be blessed with children, but were not, even into their old age. They kept praying to God. Hannah, Samuel's mother, prayed and prayed. And finally she said, if a child can be born to us, if a son can be born to us, I will dedicate him to God's service. Eventually, even in her old age, Hannah becomes pregnant and gives birth. And at the appointed time, she brings Samuel to the temple to be God's servant. One night, when the high priest at that time, Eli, and Samuel were sleeping in the temple, Samuel is woken by a voice. Samuel, Samuel, he hears. He gets up quickly, runs to Eli. After several more times, Eli realizes it is God calling Samuel. And so he instructs him to listen what God wants of him. What God wants of Samuel is that he condemn Eli, the high priest, and his leadership. I told you, the context was important. What was the context? Eli had sons, and these sons were scoundrels. They blasphemed against God, and when people brought sacrifices to the temple, 
the sons of Eli stole the sacrifices for their own selfish needs. The point is that these acts of selfishness by these scoundrels, the son of the high, the sons of the high priest had an effect on all of Israel. When the leadership is corrupt, when the leadership does not use its authority for the good of all the people, things begin to deteriorate and go from bad to worse. The lesson says, it was a dark time in Israel. And there were very few visions in selfish and greedy times. There are few visions because people do not want to hear what God is calling them to do. So God appoints Samuel to contem condemn the leadership. What does this have to do with you or I? Many of us have raised children. Many of you are still raising children, or perhaps now it is grandchildren. And we raise them to be productive, to be successful, hopefully to be happy. And we care about them and our family in the doing of this. But what we don't think about very often, and which these lessons call us to think about, is that the way we do our parenting affects not only us and our children, but can affect all of society. None of you, as best I can determine, is the high priest of Ridgefield or of Connecticut, much less than of the United States of America. Regardless, we who often feel not that important affect the lives of many around us by what we do and don't do, and particularly as parents. As some of you know, my daughter is a teacher. She teaches eighth grade in Harrison Middle School in Yarmouth, Maine. A couple of years ago for her birthday, I asked her permission to call the principal of the school in which she teaches and ask if I could observe her teaching on her birthday. I'd asked, well, I asked her first, of course. And then I drove up from Philadelphia and spent the day in the school. Now, my daughter did a good job. I'm her father. I was also a principal of a school and feel I have the right to have an opinion. 
But the administrators told me the same thing, as did her colleagues. Even some of the children went out of their way to tell me how they appreciated what she does. So from time to time, I ask Megan, now in her 19th or 20th year of teaching, how's the year going? Is this a good year or not so good? And as I listen to her talk, she sometimes talks about the superintendent or the principal or the board of education. But mostly what she talks about are the parents. Whether the parents are willing to help her do her job or whether they, in effect, undercut her. Do they share their child's need when she believes a little extra work is called for? Do they support her, argue with her for sure, but when they understand, support her? It makes a good year or a bad, because with the resistance from the parents, her job is harder, and the other children do not benefit as well. What we do in our lives, which are connected to God, are also connected to each other and has and can have a dramatic effect on the world about us. Now let's look at the second lesson for a moment. St. Paul starts in his letter to the Corinthians by saying, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. What he's saying is that God has given him, as each of us, freedom. And we can pretty much do what we want, but that doesn't mean we should. And then he talks about our passions, our passions for food, for sex, and warns us. His writing turns at this point to be a bit of a puritanical lecture. What is that about? Well, I lived in Cambridge, Massachusetts in the late 60s and early 70s, and there were a number of communes that came into being at that time, and some of my friends were part of those communes. The first things I heard were about how much fun it was, how much less expensive it was. I heard about the good work they did in some art project or working for civil rights or against the war in Vietnam. Then I started to hear stories about one person or another trying to claim unto themselves more authority than was their right and how abusive and harmful that could be. 
Of course, there were also stories about sleeping with each other, switching sexual partners fairly regularly. This was the time, after all, of free love. But then I began to hear stories about jealousy and rage and the damage that behavior began to do to the communities. I decided to do some research and look at the utopian communities of the 19th century. Almost all of them were destroyed by the passions of their members, usually sexual passions. St. Paul knew that Christianity would not survive without those early Christian churches. Those churches were very much like small communes. People held everything in common and often lived together. And he saw that one person grabbing all the food began to destroy the communities. One person saying they were better, or the jealousies among them. What we do, which we often like to see as our individual choice or right, can have a dramatic effect for good or ill on those around us. We are connected to God and to each other, and this has an effect. <laughs>